two of FNG1, a new guy's guide to Formula One racing and motorsport in general. I am your host, Chuck, and with me is Sean. Howdy, guys. And we are here for the 2021 season. It has finally arrived. It feels like it was a while. Does it feel like it was a while? Yeah. I guess it just ended, didn't it? Yeah, it's felt like a little while to me. I mean, I've been kind of anxious for something to come back, so... Well, and so I'm new still to Formula One as a fan. In the world of sports that I have followed, that's a short off season. Yeah, it's pretty short. I mean, I yeah, mean it's, it's a real short off season. It was what, like three months ago? Yeah, four. And frankly, we should have been talking about racing already. They were supposed to race last week or the weekend before. Um, the weekend before, so at Australia. So we're actually they had to postpone that race or cancel that race because of uh covid so we're actually starting late yeah the show is back we are going to we're going to try and be more organized this year we are planning on covering every race of a full-blown formula one season how many races is that sean we've got 23 this year i think this will probably be the longest one on record so i was gonna say this so i'm not used to a full formula one season because last year was my first and it was knocked down due to covid and i looked at this schedule because we were like oh yeah we'll do another uh, season of uh, fng1 it'll be it'll be fun you know we just do on record a few recordings i was thinking it was going to be over in like august oh, this no. shit goes on until christmas yeah i mean the same as last year except we're just not starting in june we're starting in March. Yeah. So, so that was when I had to let my wife know that I had committed to more than I realized, but we are going to try and record an episode for every race. Fingers crossed on that. Fingers crossed. That is not a promise. (laughs) There's some triple headed races in there that might get a little bit hairy, but yeah, it's not a promise. It's more like an ambition. Uh, You may have noticed that we have some new theme music. Our previous uh, theme music, the 8-bit version of uh, Cars by, uh, what's his name? Gary something. Mm. Gary Cars. Um, (laughs) Probably. So we're going to try and actually post this on real places like iTunes and things. And so they were almost certainly going to knock us back for that. So we tried to go with something new. Uh, So our... Theme music is by Chris King. He's a friend of the show, and he was super cool to let us use that. And so, yeah, that was awesome. Look him up. Download his music. He rules. Yeah, go download that music. He's good. What else is new with the show this year? We've been talking about Sean uh, no longer recording in a drainage ditch and maybe actually somewhere, uh, you know, that sounds uh, not sonically unpleasant. So, you know, stay tuned as that develops. (laughs) <laughs> I got a mic and headphones, so we're we're doing pretty good at this point. New season, new full season, new teams, new drivers, rearrangements of the previous drivers. I think we should just go through, let's talk about all the teams. What let's has changed? And the first one I want to talk about, because we're going to start, we're going to save the best to last. So the first one I want to talk about is Haas. Haas. So when you said best for last, we're doing the absolute opposite for the beginning. Yeah, there was a little bit of built-in shade in me saying that at all, uh, (laughs) implying that they're the worst. We don't know that they're the worst. They were the worst last year, right? Uh, Williams. Williams. Oh, Williams was worse? Yeah. Williams didn't score any points. Oh, bless their hearts. Well, we'll get to Williams. (laughs) 
first we'll talk about Haas. The only American F1 team, uh, and now the only Russian one, I guess, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty Russian, man. I mean, so I understand that they have a new driver. Wait, they have two new drivers, right? Yeah, so I guess if we want to talk about them being awful, that's the biggest change. They fired both the drivers last year. Which, okay, but they fired one of the drivers who then also left F1 for very good reasons. He had good reasons. He's getting into indie cars. I don't think he learned any lessons. Uh, Yeah, if he's going to indie, that's really not that great uh, a move. But for anybody that was not aware, um, Roman Grosjean drove for Haas last year and was involved in a very dramatic crash by... Even F1 standards, certainly, Mm -hmm. of the day. There was a fireball involved. Everybody was sure he was dead. He had a Marvel superhero moment of emerging from the flames. Uh, It was pretty amazing. Understandable that he would leave racing, but he didn't really leave racing. No, no, he's in an Indy car, I think, this year. So, which doesn't seem like much of a change, but I don't know. I don't know Indy at all. I guess just to be fair, Kevin Magnuson, who is also on the team. He'll be in, uh, I think, Alpine's Le Mans car this year. Okay. So he's racing endurance racing and should be at Le Mans this year. So you'll see him again. But Haas has a very exciting new driver in Mick Schumacher, right? Yeah, yeah, that's been been surreal for me because I think if you listened last year, we discussed, you know, my childhood hero and intro to the sport was Michael Schumacher. And so Mick is uh, is Michael's kid. And, uh, you know, when their name goes up on the timing board, it's the same initials. They do the MSC for both of them. So, yeah, that's pretty – he's the big exciting driver, I think, that Haas brought in this year. Yeah, like they, they've actually managed to drum up a little bit of excitement around them just by the fact that they have Mick Schumacher. You know, it remains to be seen at this point how successful he'll be. Almost certainly not very successful since he's driving for Haas, but it may – blossom into him getting a job somewhere that's good to race at yeah that's the goal i think i think it's pretty (laughs) clever that haas did the we'll get a lot of you know public credit for getting this great you know young driver son of a legend everybody likes him and also getting the absolute opposite of him for the other driver okay so tell me about this other driver because i don't know much except vague rumors yes and nikita mazepin um his, you're gonna you're gonna need to say those words slower. Nikita Mazepin. I don't think Akita? I stuck. Nikita. 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 Makita. Okay. Nikita. N i k i t a. Okay. Yeah. So Russian. I think he's son of an oligarch of some sort. I would assume oil and gas, but I don't know what. Who Who is now a major donor to Haas? Huge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hence the reason that Haas's new livery. Uh, basically the russian flag right i mean we're just gonna say that it can't be the russian flag because because it's diagonal and the russian flag is horizontal yeah you're not allowed to run the russian flag because of the olympic doping scandal apparently wait what yeah so apparently the russian federation i think it's tied up with the russian federation you're not allowed to fly their flag because of the doping scandal at the olympics a few years ago is is F1 becoming an Olympic sport? Because I have I'm no very idea excited how, about how that. it's connected. I just saw somebody make the claim that you're not allowed to run the Russian flag because of that. 
Well, yeah. they they painted the Russian flag all over this car. They painted the Uralski. There there are four <laughs> Russian flags on this car. I'm I'm looking at it right now. I, I know. There's four because there's two on each side. It's supposed to be the um, sponsors like logo colors. Okay. Yeah, definitely not the Russian flag. That is super not the Russian flag. So, is this the American F1 team or the Russian F1 team at this point? It's got a Russian driver and a Russian primary funder, aside from Haas himself. Is there a a good U.S. politics joke in here? (laughs) There is, and I'm dancing around it because I really don't want to get into it. (gasps) Yeah, we may have to probably just. No, I'm not going to cut that out, but we're definitely ditching the topic. But uh, I, I think it's important that we just call it what it is right from the start. Yeah. So I think back to Mazepin, what, you know, I talked about him being the opposite other than just being like his dad's company is painted all over the car. Uh, you know, he's not precisely likable. He's pretty much what you'd kind of expect. Um He's punched drivers in the paddock because he didn't like something they did. He's intentionally crashed other drivers. Um, you're, he, you're, I got to be honest with you. You're making me like this guy. No, no. It's not in the fun way. I don't like, know. <laughs> it's not like in the fun way that Max would do it. He also had a, a pretty fun Instagram scandal that was uh, scandalous in terms of the Me Too movement. And that's probably putting it lightly. So, Oh, okay. I and don't he's like had a history of it. I think he threatened to out various other drivers and he's Mm. just kind of an all-around (laughs) d-bag okay yeah i do kind of hope he tries to punch lewis or max because i think either one of those guys would be down to uh handle that situation yeah although i gotta be honest with you as a max fan i i I look at max and i just don't think he can hold his own in a fight I think Lewis could. I'm not. Uh, I, oh, I'm, I, sure. I'm sure Lewis could. I think Max could just out of like kind of pure rage. He does have that like. I feel like he just snap. Like he Max looks like one of those kids who's been bullied too much in school and snaps and like yeah. rips rips a dude's finger off at school or something, and you're yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like Max. Max has a lot of like just built up natural aggression, so maybe he's not going to come off like big or particularly tough but i think there's a lot of natural aggression there lewis is just jacked and i think he'd beat the crap out of him even though he's like five six right so i'm gonna ask you this question about every one of the teams as we go by okay the new livery is this an upgrade in your opinion or a downgrade or is it the same livery because that's gonna come up (laughs) God, it's not the same but whoa it's not good i mean last year's wasn't good i gotta be honest with you it's probably better. From where they were, there was no direction to go but up. Oh, that's definitely better. If you ignore the clear Russian branding on it, it is objectively a more attractive car only because it couldn't have been less attractive. It's yeah. not that much more attractive. It's basically the same thing, but with Russian flags on it. But I don't know. It yeah, looks better to me. I mean, it, it looks like the kind of like you got your first car. On like these video games and like you pick the colors and it popped out that. Um, but it is objectively better than the car last year. The car last year was not pretty. No, it was not. I don't even remember which one of us drafted that one, but it was not good. You got stuck with it. Uh, in, in the Williams-Haas move, I think you took Haas and I took... Uh, no, maybe it was the other way around. Whatever, they both sucked. It's so bad. Yeah, no, it's a, like it is objectively better than last year's car. That's That's not really debatable. 
Now, in our show notes here under Haas, uh, you have written in the words sandbagging SOBs, and I need you to clarify what you're talking about. There. They basically said they're not going to develop their car this year. Interesting. They're just like, we have two rookies. We weren't very good last year. We're not going to develop the car, and we're just looking to the next year. So they're just so they're just there. Yeah, I mean, I think Gunther Steiner, the team principal, kind of tried to walk it back and say, like, well, we have to naturally, like, you know, develop the car as the year goes on, but we're going to focus mostly towards 2022. But I would expect <laughs> Haas is probably <laughs> Williams may not be last this year. Let's just kind of go to that. I think that car is going to suck. When you're Haas and Williams, I have to say it feels like rolling the dice is the right move, you know, because, you know, following the status quo was not working. Yeah. Why not? Why not fuck around and find out? You're not you're not going to beat them. You know, you're not going to beat Ferrari. Well, Ferrari maybe. But uh, Mercedes playing Mercedes' game, right? So Yeah, just just see what happens and yeah, maybe look to 2022. I don't know. It could work. All right. I'm done talking about Haas. Yeah. Let's talk about Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Tell me about Alfa Romeo. First of all, has anything changed with Alfa Romeo? I have no idea. They are still driving Raikkonen. Yeah. And they're still driving Antonio Giovinazzi. Yeah. And the car, you tell me that the car is inverted its colors? Yeah, I think they flipped the red and the white. Huh. So from last year's. This this will then reveal how much I was watching Alfa Romeo last year, because I never would have known that if you hadn't said so. The new one's better. The new one's better? I think The new so. one looks the, the exact same to me. I... <laughs> That's on me, though. I'm not trying to crap on whoever designed the Alfa Romeo car, but it, I thought it was the same car. Basically, <laughs> everything that's white now is red last year, and everything that's red was white. So Very creative. I mean, I love their little serpent logo thing. I, I think, think that's that, always cool. Yeah. But, yeah, the car's fine. The look of it is fine. It. I would call this a neutral this is not an upgrade or a downgrade, in my opinion. This is the same car. Yeah, I think I just like it because it looks new, but I don't think it necessarily is any better or that different. So basically, we're saying same livery, same drivers, same team principal and stuff, I assume. Yeah, I don't think they changed any of that. Is there uh, anything new about Alfa Romeo to I talk mean, about? The only thing that might be interesting, and we'll get on this later, the Ferrari engine might be better this year. So Because but, how could it be worse? Well... Because last year it was designed to do something different <laughs> and it wasn't allowed to do that thing. Yeah, we'll um, get to that. Yeah, so we can talk about that later. But that's, that's, yeah, okay, Alpha is still there. So, yeah, so whatever. Skipping past Alpha Romeo to Alpha Tori. Alpha Tauri? Alpha. I'm never going to get that right. It's Alpha Tauri, Alpha Tori. Okay, so I just, I enter, I slip, I slip seamlessly between them because yeah. I don't know and or care, even though it is my team's junior team. It's a feeder league. Yeah, it's our little, this is our little farm league uh, for Red Bull Racing is Alpha Tori. They have a new driver that I've never heard of. Yuki Sonoda. Do you know Yuki Sonoda? Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the the big junior, junior league kind of stars coming up. And okay, ja so he's an up-and-coming young driver. Yeah, he's he's a rookie, up-and-coming young driver. He's a... Uh, Japanese heavily backed by Honda so that's one of the things that was kind of okay that know, makes sense how soon would he make it up because you know Red Bull's Honda ties um 
And I think it's they have an interesting preseason testing from the little bit we're actually going to talk about. I mean, preseason testing, I think we'll caveat this, was totally not valid. It's It makes spring games look serious as far as what they're doing and who's actually showing what they can do. But Yuki Sonoda did get in the car and got much better over three days and was the second fastest on the final day behind uh, Max. So there you go. Kid's comfortable. So we'll see how it can do, you know, when it comes to actual race weekends. But, you know, that's that's good for him. So hopefully they'll have a competitive driver sit next to uh, Pierre. I mean, they sound they seem like they have a solid pair of drivers. Oh, too. yeah. Yeah. I think Pierre Pierre's probably I mean, if you know, he could always have a down season, but if he continues to have a good season like he showed last year, you know, he'll either I don't think he'll go back to the Red Bull um, again. I think that that relationship might be a little too damaged, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he moved on to another one of the teams. Yeah, Pierre Gasly is one of the many uh, second drivers that Red Bull has chewed up and spit back up in in rapid fashion. Sitting next to Max is not easy. Yeah. Uh, AlphaTauri's only change to the livery seems like they've gone from the black to the more blue was it black last year i thought it was blue last year wasn't it black last year it was really dark blue dude ah damn it it was really dark blue matte blue so it's the same it's the same car is what you're saying they've essentially stretched the blue across the whole car rather than cutting it off at the cockpit okay there's not not exciting this is a neutral change yeah equally slightly more blue so if you're a fan of blue i'm actually gonna in my opinion call it a downgrade Uh, what Visually, okay. that's a downgrade. All right, I liked I liked the white nose. I think it was cooler. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> They're running those white wheels, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, those are pretty rad. All right, moving on to McLaren. McLaren in a car that is visually indistinguishable from last year's car. I'm looking at the pictures now. I can't tell what's different. Somebody told me that somewhere the orange is a little bit different shaped. Some. Somewhere on the back of the car. I don't have that. Uh, They changed some sponsors around, but otherwise this car looks the same. It's the same. But they will have Danny Ricardo driving in one of their cars. Yep. Danny Rick is coming in to sit next to Lando Norris. So it should be pretty funny in press conferences. Danny Ricardo being old guard uh, of the the Formula One world because he's what, like 31 or something? 31, man. He's ancient. Yeah, but he won. Did he win a world championship? No, he did not win a world championship. But Um, he's won some races. He's won quite a few races with Red Bull um, before he left left for Renault. But yeah, he he won some races. He's uh, probably in that top five kind of driver bracket. I mean, they have a solid pair of drivers between him and Lando Norris. Yeah, Lando I kind of always thought was funny and kind of cool, but was always going to be kind of a lower half driver but you know he showed up last year so yeah be interesting he to see seems if, pretty all right yeah he may keep if he keeps improving he'll be quite good this year so they, they could be p- pretty formidable because um they did a good job developing the car i think they're switching to mercedes engines this year and i need to make sure that's mclaren correct. mclaren was low-key my second favorite team last year there's just something about it i i liked mclaren so i'm kind of interested to see what happens with them yeah, I mean, last year was super fun because Carlos and Lando were fun um, right. off the track. And so 
I think Danny and, and Lando will be just as fun. So they're, they're going to be good. I, I tend to like when McLaren's doing well. Took me a while. I used to pretty much loathe them, but that was back to the late 90s for me. <laughs> to, to a different time. Different era. Now they're fun. Okay, so that's McLaren. So now let's move on to one of the new names this year, which is Aston Martin. Aston Martin being formerly Racing Point, correct? Correct. So no more pink cars. Uh, my daughter is devastated. Oh, no. Uh, I, I showed her the Aston Martin car, and she was very sad and didn't speak to me for a little while. <laughs> um, but it's okay because her driver isn't even on this t- team anyway. Uh, her driver is uh, Sergio Perez, uh, who has left Aston or has left Racing Point uh, and joined Red Bull. Yeah. So she and I are, have drivers on the same team now. So who's driving for Aston Martin? So it's still um, our our young up and coming talent Lance Stroll, who we all admire and look oh, up to. Just just love him so much. Every time he shows up on that. Uh, Drive to survive. Boy, you just love him, don't you? Can't stand that guy. He is, we've said it before, he's the most punchable of the drivers. Just every time you see him, uh, he's just the worst. And I feel bad. It's like, I, I constantly like, maybe Lance isn't that bad. And then like I see him interviewed and I'm like, man, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> but his dad owns the team, right? Dad is Mr. Serious Business. If you watch yeah, Drive to Survive. Yeah, Mr. Big Businessman. I have 10 minutes Please tell me everything about this Formula One car. What a jag off. And then Vettel has Sebastian moved Vettel. Yeah. from Ferrari, Ferrari. Yeah. to Aston Martin. Correct. That, Ferrari got rid of him, right? No, he left. No, Ferrari Ferrari didn't even renew his contract like before the season started. Like during the okay. COVID period, they were just like, oh yeah, we're not going to renew his contact, contract. So that was a little touchy of a situation, I think, but... I don't know. We'll see how he does. I mean, uh, Aston Martin slash Racing Point has a developed a fine tradition of pushing the envelope of what constitutes a legal design in order to succeed. So maybe they've continued in that fashion. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if they could. I hadn't really known that team to do that until last year. I think it was a very generous um interpretation of the rules or finding what what's not written in the rules so i think they were pretty clever in what they did by buying information about a part before it became listed and not allowed to buy information about the part and they happened to buy it from the best team so it was pretty clever um they slammed the door shut on that part going Mm -hmm. into this year so we'll see how they do um with a little bit more scrutiny um and focus but they do have a lot of money and you know having aston martin behind them is probably going to help. Uh, I mean, it is Aston them. Martin is a very cool brand. Very cool brand, yes. That is pretty cool. That's going to draw you more fans, more attention, and in theory, more money than what was it? B- BWT. Yeah. Well, I think BWT may still be on the car, but yeah. Oh, uh, I'm sure it's on the car, but it's not. No longer the primary yeah. thing you no, see. It, They're not. They are Aston Martin now. What do you think of this car? The look. You know, when they released it, I, I didn't like the green, so I thought they were going to... When they released it, everyone hated the green. You said that it has begun to grow on you. It looks better on the track. I, I thought it should have been a little bit more of a kind of that re- rich British racing green, um, just being mm-hmm. Aston, and it's a little bit more of a teal. 
But, it is uh, not a little bit more of a teal. It's teal. Yeah, but it does show up <laughs> a bit more green, I think, in the in the sunlight and on the track. So I think it'll be interesting to kind of just watch it and see what it looks like on the grid. Um, the little bit of uh, preseason testing, it looks better in, in you know out on the track. So in uh, in terms of lizard brain just grabbing your eyeballs, this is easily the most dull car on the track, just because it's kind of a muted green. It's a muted green and black. It does not leap off the track in any sense. This one and Mercedes, but Mercedes is not interested in grabbing eyeballs in that fashion. No, so they don't care. They when they don't need to. <laughs> it's going to be tough to dig out of the grass when Vettel spins it, I guess, because it's true. Because how are they going to find it when it's covered in grass? It's camouflage. <laughs> Aw, Seb. It's like, yeah. Okay. So moving on to Alpine, and I Al- think I'm pronouncing Nailed it correctly. It. Nailed yes. it. Crushed yes. it. Yeah. The- Alpine, formerly Renault. Yeah. And I guess still Renault, just Renault's like racing division or yeah, something. Yeah, I think Alpine, you know, traditionally or used to be a uh, separate French brand, but I think they're under the Renault umbrella now. By the way, I'm officially calling Aston Martin a downgrade in livery because I still think the pink car was hot as hell i think that's that's a lot of your daughter's vote there no i always thought that was cool as hell you could always see it and well in pink and black is a cool combo it's a it's eye grabbing it's neat anyway but now renault has shed what i thought was low-key one of the coolest looking cars the black and yellow great combo for uh a black and red and blue thing what are your thoughts on this? I have to look at it again. I thought it was pretty cool. I think I kind of like the yellow and the black more just because, again, like you said, yellow wasn't a predominant color um, out I, there. I agree. You I, had pink, you had yellow. Like Those two cars were obvious. Um, we're getting into the, the blue-red um, spectrum here. This This car is cool looking. Yeah. I just don't think it's as cool. Yeah, I, th- I just really liked that black and yellow. I thought they did a lot of good work with it. This it, is cool. It's cool in a different way, right? But it's a way, slight right? step down, in my opinion. I mean, I do appreciate that they kind of brought in the French colors to it. <laughs> I guess after we trashed Haas for bringing the Russian <laughs> colors. <laughs> well, yeah, but they. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drag them because, frankly, I don't think they're uh, trying to destroy our country. I'm so. not gonna lie. That Castrol <laughs> Edge logo right there on the side kind of bothers me. I don't know why. Yeah, that doesn't look good. Just don't like where it is and what it looks like. So, yeah, I'm going to say it's a downgrade. But they've got Alonzo. Yeah. Is this good or is this bad? Your opinion. I mean, he's like 38 or 39. Yeah, Alonzo, we, we, I joked about Danny Ricardo being an old guard driver. Alonzo is genuinely an old guard driver, as in he was gone. He was out of Formula One for... Two years? He won a champ he won his championships before anybody but Raikkonen was in F one. Yeah, so he's old school in the world of F one, in the in terms of F one drivers who frequently are not legally allowed to drink in many of the countries that they are driving in these days. But Alonso is what'd you say, thirty nine? Thirty eight, thirty nine. Yeah, I'd have to look. I mean, I'm forty. I'm not driving an F one car. I will die. He's 39. Yeah, and he just got hit by a car. What? Yeah, he was cycling in the a few weeks ago and got hit by a car. So he has like a titanium plate in his jaw at the moment. Wow. And he was still fast as shit at preseason testing. So That's pretty epic, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. 
That dude, uh, so I mean, going for Alonzo, that dude is like preternaturally talented. Um, he has things that, you know, have rumored to have hold him, held him back in his career. But as far as if you needed to drop one person into any car and maximize your result amongst this pool of drivers, it would be tough not to pick Alonzo if, if you asked me to pick one person. Um, but but he's talented. He's He won Le Mans. Like last year, the year before, it's won Daytona 24 a couple times since he's been off. He tried to get into the Indy 500. Uh, I think he's done one of the Baja or Dakar races. I think he oh, did Dakar. Sweet. Yeah. So he basically went on his own little like personal walkabout since his retirement. And he, he he drove pray love. <laughs> F <laughs> drove pray love. So you switched around. Williams and Mercedes in our little conversation. And I understand why, but I want to switch them back. Okay. Because I want to talk about Williams here. And the reason I wanted to skip to them is that then we're done with the middle and lower teams. Yeah, I'm good with that. Williams is back. It's my understanding that they're no longer owned by the Williams family. Is that true? No, they're owned by a hedge fund, private equity group. Not a hedge fund, but a private That is equity the group. lamest, saddest thing you could have said. Yeah, I don't know. I really, really was rooting for eccentric billionaire. And you went with hedge fund group, which sucks. Private equity. (laughs) Like when when Racing Point was owned by who was the crazy Indian dude? Oh, man. The one who like went down for like all kinds of massive like fraud in the UK. Like a born F1 owner. I want them crazy and almost certainly doing illegal things. Uh, so, okay, Williams is now owned by a hedge fund, so this is just an accounting team with a really nice car. Yes. Okay, they've got Nicholas Latifi. Was he there last year? He yes. was. Yeah. Okay. But the bigger news is that they have George Russell. Mm-hmm. And he's very good. He's very, very good. He seems very well, good. Well, everybody's led to believe that he is very, very good. And the one time he was in a good car, he was very, very good. And he was very, 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 very bad luck. <laughs> he was very, very good. And then his pit team was very, very bad. And he lost the race. Uh, yeah. It's the, Russell may be the most snake, snake bitten guy out there right now. He's like continually had almost getting points in the Williams. And like something happened that he can't get there. And um, then that one race um, in the Mercedes. So I think we, uh, I, I need to ask this question about the livery for Williams, because it is extremely different. It's very bad. From what still. they had last year. This is going to be our hottest controversy here. I think that thing is fucking hot. Really? Yes. I mean, I, I think this see- is the biggest upgrade of the season. Well, I think in it, might livery. Be, it might be the biggest upgrade, but it was really, really bad last year. Oh, yeah, but it, this is objectively cool. If you take the white off of the nose, this is the, one of the hottest cars on the track. I mean, I I think it's good, but it's also good in, like, you know, like, I got my first, like, downloadable content skin in F1 2020, and nah, that's this what car I is, This car looks sweet. This was I designed this by awesome. a private equity group's AI program for what no, is it a looks cool... Like it was. it looks like it was designed by a guy... Who also did the graphics work for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? <laughs> SimCity 2004 graphics package. Yeah, and it's like got almost an eight bit look to it that I love. This thing looks cool, and from the side, it looks badass. Do you have any idea what Lavazza is? I don't. Oh wait, no, it's a coffee. It's got to right? be coffee. Okay, 
Good. Yeah, it's because uh, it's in comedians and cars getting coffee. Okay. They're always showing. They're clearly sponsoring that show. Okay. That every coffee cup they have says Lavazza on. I had no idea what it was, but it felt like coffee. It's coffee. Okay, good. So they're a coffee car, but they got the black rims from the side. This car okay. looks badass. I'm looking at the side picture. It does look pretty cool. I think I can't tell if it's made worse or better by the fact that there's no sponsors. I think that I love that. I think it's awesome. It also <laughs> speaks to the fact that nobody wants their name on a Williams car. I refuse to sponsor this <laughs> and, car. And I get that. Even Lavazza was like, can you write it really small? <laughs> <laughs> What's the smallest font you can put on these things? <laughs> In fact, if you go up, uh, if you ever get to see this car live and walk up to it, it's actually got thousands of sponsors on there, but they're all written in actual Times New Roman 12-point font. (laughs) With no capitals. It's absolutely sneaking through there. (laughs) They're all lowercase. Some of them are in wingdings, but they're there. (laughs) Wingdings. Okay, so now that we're done with the back of the pack... I want you to tell me who you think. We're doing a preseason prediction. Who's going to be the best of the rest? The rest being the not three big teams, which we'll get to. Okay, so you're not... Teams of the... I'm not counting Red Bull, Mercedes, and Ferrari. Okay, so you're not necessarily asking me who will finish third. Because Ferrari, I don't think... (laughs) No, no, that's... No, and I'm specifically not asking you that question yet. Um, Who I, of the rest do you think is going to win? I think it's McLaren. You think it's, I think it's McLaren too. Yeah, coming off of last year, I think at best or at worst, you could say Danny Rick for Carlos was a uh, swap. But I think Danny Rick may be probably more talented than Carlos. I mean, it's hard to say, but that's where I, I'm inclined to. If I was forced to rank the drivers, I would say that I think Danny Rick is more talented than Carlos. Um, Carlos might be more consistent, but that's a different question. Yeah. Um, I think Lando I think it would be between McLaren, Aston Martin, and Alpine. Yeah, I think that's that's. But I'm with you. I think that McLaren's going to beat them out just barely. I actually was going to say it might be McLaren, Alpine, and AlphaTauri. Oh, interesting. I wouldn't be shocked to see Aston fall off a bit this year. I was gonna, but see, what if they had just come up with the next way to cheat, and you don't even know about it yet? Yeah, it's usually hard to consistently cheat. Now, they do have a lot of money, and so that's a wild card that, you know, they've had a season of a ton of funding, so maybe they can come through and do something different. I They have had a season of a ton of funding and questionable ethics, and that is a recipe for success. Lawrence seems for to one bring season. an air of questionable ethics. <laughs> exactly. Lawrence Stroll, yeah. if he is at the head of your team, you never know what kind of shenanigans they're going to get up to. The guy just oozes, I will fuck with this if I feel like I can get away with it. It's just written and coded into his DNA. Yeah, okay, I can kind of <laughs> see that part. But I'm inclined I'm inclined to think that Aston Martin's going to take a step back. Uh, the preseason testing, like I said, is complete nonsense. Their cars were not reliable. They didn't get a lot of laps in, and they were real slow. Um, it's hard to read much into that. It's not a good sign, but... It's also not necessarily a bad one. So whether they're going to be like last year, they were pretty clearly third. I think, I don't know if McLaren ended up beating them out right at the end, but I think they were still, especially in that second half of the season, really strong. I'm I'm inclined to say they end up more in a fifth, sixth range, but with the other three that I set above them. But yeah, I think we're both in agreement that it's probably McLaren that's going to be the best of that pack. Okay. 
So we're done with the with the back markers. <laughs> sort of. Back markers are good. Pack. Maybe. Yeah. Uh in the middle of the pack. So we'll talk about Mercedes because there's a natural segue with George Russell. Yep. Being probably, possibly, maybe getting pulled to Mercedes at some point. I mean, that's the go and belief that last year was even kind of a good chance for them to get a little little tryout out of him when Hamilton had to take a COVID break. You know, he's he's been part of the Mercedes uh, organization for a while. And I know he's personally gunning to get in the Mercedes because I think if Mercedes is going to give you that car, you take it. Sure. No, you, no, you stay with Williams. Yeah. Because it's, you know, because it may not be as good of a car, but at least you feel like you have a family in that hedge fund. I earned this. <laughs> 18th yeah, those, place. I, this hedge fund raised me since I was a little kid. They're so caring <laughs> with their trillions. Of... <laughs> I've never met any of them in person, but I spoke to a spreadsheet once and it was very kind to me. Some junior analyst who was one year out of, uh, <laughs> you know, Wharton or something has called me up to say that I was doing a good job. <laughs> and then to cry because he was working 82 hours a week. Yeah. Storing up blood, <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, so I think my question right now would be, I guess they'd signed Botas to a contract before they gave Russell the tryout. And, and you know, I've always tried to be a bit, and I think you saw that early in the season, a bit um, nice to Botas and a little bit, I was a little fond of him. I kind of liked his personality, but there's just too many not getting it done with him. I think he, he comes in with a really good mindset early into the year and then just gets the life squeezed out of him. He's just not good enough. He's an extremely good driver. He's just not good enough to be in the seat next to Hamilton. I think he does what they need him to do, um, take a very good car and usually maximize the points out of it behind the you know generational best driver, if not one of the best drivers ever. But to me, if I, if I have George Russell sitting in the wings and you maybe have a year or two left of Lewis Hamilton... I don't know, it might be fun to get him in there and get, get that competition going for a year or two before Hamilton decides he wants to go do something else with his life. God, I hope that's soon, by the way. I actually, for a little bit, thought it might be this year. He took forever to sign his contract. Um, you know, He was doing actually a lot of cool stuff, I think, with the contract, you know, trying to push for change in the team and, and diversity stuff. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think Hamilton's a great dude, but I'm ready for somebody he's else so to good. be winning races. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I tend to think he's probably just going to get the eighth, eighth championship or try to get the eighth championship and and then be done. Um, he'll have the wins record, the polls record, the championship record. So I think that may be a time for him to, to be done with it. He's, there's a lot of stuff he wants he, to do. He will weep because he has seen no more worlds to conquer. Basically, yeah. He's going to have to go do something else. And honestly... Like we said last year, he's like almost too nice and it seems a little too earnest, but I think it's legit. I think he's just going to go off and do other things well. Uh, I'd like it too, just from a competition standpoint. He's really good and he's in a perfect team, perfect car for him. And I feel like w- when you always win, it's really easy to always be nice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So they, their livery. We didn't, their livery. Oh, their livery. I think worse. I think worse. Um, I don't know what's going on at the back. It's largely the same, except that they have splotched on something from another car onto the back. This car looks like, you know, when somebody gets their like 
Chevy S10 in some sort of accident and they just go by like a, a front left panel from a car that is a different color. Yep. And then they just put it on there and they don't paint it. That's what the Mercedes looks like now. It looks like the same car, except that they broke the intake and the and that fin off. And so they just bought one off of Haas from last year and just bolted it on. <laughs> Guaranteed to be like eight tenths slower just because of that one part. <laughs> and somebody also just went copy paste like 47 times with the AMG logo. Did you yeah, s- they did. You they did that, sort of, that they did sort of sp- spit that all over there. <laughs> They're like, maybe it'll look different. Maybe this will look like we like this was all one piece and that we didn't just bolt this on. We put some red on it. It'll be faster. Stop complaining, guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, is that that's the Ferrari theory, right? No, Ferrari went with less red or different red. But. <laughs> well, first, we're going to talk about Red Bull. Do we want to do their My livery team. first? Big changes. Who, Red Bulls? <laughs> yeah, let's let's discuss all of the massive changes to the Red Bull livery. Okay, and we're done. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, this car is the same. It doesn't say Aston Martin on the back anymore. It says Honda because that's their engine now. And it looks like the front diffuser or the front wing, I'm sorry, is like got Red Bull written differently on it. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'm just remembering last year's car poorly, but otherwise this is the same car. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't. You could give me both pictures, and I'd be like, I, I can't tell you which one's which year. I couldn't even tell you which year. The wheels would be the only thing that would let me know which year it was. Oh yeah, they changed the wheels, didn't they? Yeah, they look bad. They're bigger, bigger wheels this year. I'm gonna call this a slight dip, the slightest of dips, because it is basically the same car, except I don't like the new wheels, and I like the Aston Martin logo on the back wing, and it's just a shame that it's not there anymore. <laughs> Uh, but otherwise, this is the same car. I thought the car was fucking hot last year. Oh, the Aston so. is better than the Honda. You're right. Yeah, but this car still looks hot, in my opinion. It's a good I like car. the I like the contrast. It's clear from Renault and other cars. I like a dark body with some bright splashes of extremely bright colors. So I think that this still looks badass. I'm gonna quote that. But it is my car. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 a good looking car. I mean, they just didn't change it at all. They didn't change it at all, basically. And they didn't change the lead driver. Still my boy, Max. That's my driver. If you are new to FNG1, I am a Max fan. I Everybody told me. So I finally watched uh, Drive to Survive in the off season, And everybody was like, oh, well, if you had seen Drive to Survive, you wouldn't be rooting for Max. Utter falsehood. I like him even more after having watched that show. Uh, yeah. He's exactly the driver I want. I, I would, yeah. I mean, I don't think anything in Drive to Survive would be what pushed you away from Max. I would say, you know, if you want to complain about Max things, there's, you know, stories that aren't in Drive to Survive, but nothing. Oh, no doubt. No, and don't get me wrong. I know he's an asshole, but he's my asshole. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I mean, he's he's been bred to be be like this for a long time, so. And, you know, he's, he's Dutch and it's very uh, blunt. You know, there's not a lot of mincing of words. And no. I think that's what what puts people off a lot is he very much says what he thinks. And that ruffles some feathers. But yeah, I guess the big news for Red Bull, they are no longer using Honda's engines after this year. Yeah, they're Red Bull engines. They're Red Bull engines after this year, right? Yeah, so I think Honda will still be supporting this year, but is on the way out. However... They're going to keep the engine design and Red Bull is going to start 
manufacturing them themselves. So which cool. so how long will it be before I can before Red Bull is also producing uh, mass produced engines that i can put in my jeep they'll make like seven engines and they'll cost a trillion dollars <laughs> so i can't it'll, count on them just putting out a very economical six cylinder it'll engine. cost you approximately 18 <laughs> two by fours oh, current lumber prices damn it. i can't afford that <laughs> you need the framing for one wall to afford that engine <laughs> sorry honey we can't build the house after all i need a red bull engine in the subaru <laughs> and then checo yeah and then the other big news is that, as we said, my daughter's driver is now on my team. And that has been, considering that there's no pink cars anymore, that has been a decent consolation prize to her. Is that now she and I are rooting for the same team and she clearly likes that. Yeah. So so we get Checo in replacement of Alex Albon last year, who just, you know, he's fine. He just didn't get the job done. Yeah, it's. I don't know if we want to go into it here. Red Bull is a tough environment. Yes, it's a tough environment being next to Max. Uh, the team really likes Max. Um, they want to build around Max. The car, by most accounts, is very much designed to get the most out of it. You have to be able to like absolutely wring its neck, which is mm-hmm. something that if you're as talented as Max, you can do well. But if you're just slightly less talented than Max you may not be able to maximize it. So I think the last person to really maximize that car other than Max was Danny Rick, right? So, and I've already said that I think Danny Rick's probably in the top five drivers. Um, And I've Mm -hmm. I've heard team principals say that kind of thing too. Um, That, the pressure of being on that team, being next to Max, the car being notoriously a little tricky, um, puts folks on their back foot. Not to mention they get put in that team, (laughs) been into F1 like six months. Yeah, that's, I think, also some of the problems. So they're going a different direction yeah. with Checo, who's been in F1 for a long-ass time. Yeah, Checo's another in-his-30s guy. Yeah. Basically ancient. I think he's good. I'm excited about it. I'm curious to see what he can do with it. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's kind of where I'm sitting at. At first, I was, you know, because it was between Checo and Nico Hülkenberg, you know, it was who was going to get that seat. I kind of lean towards Nico, but uh, Checo's... Uh, I go back and forth on which one I think is better. I mean, it's kind of hard to evaluate that. I think going with somebody who's confident and experienced and kind of knows who they are is probably the best bet there. I think if you wanted a guy to absolutely ring the car out and put next to Max, it would have been funny to sign Alonzo, mostly because I think <laughs> the two of them might have killed each other by like August and the team would have imploded. But yeah, I think Checo's probably the best they could have done there. I, I don't think... They need to put any of the young drivers in that seat for a little while. I think it's probably not fair to the young drivers and it's not going to get the most out of the team like they want. So I think going with Checo is probably a good call. I'm interested to see how well he does. Um, You know, like I said, I kind of go back and forth. I thought Ocon competed pretty well with him when he was a rookie um, at Racing Point a few years ago. Uh, And Ocon didn't quite hold up Danny Rick last year now he'd been out a whole year so it's hard to make a you know a direct comparison if we're going to play the the who beat who game i don't i i think that that's like uh 
in football when people do uh, transitive wins. Yeah. I think that that gets the the more steps, steps you get away, the more questionable yeah. that logic becomes. Yeah, so it, it's that's the best way, the best comparison you can actually kind of make directly with them, and it's not a good one. So I, I think it's really just to let it play out and see what happens. What's really going to be tough in my household is when red bull chews up checo and spits him out and then i have to explain to my daughter that now he's no longer with red bull you've got three months so get to work yeah i've just gotta just gotta enjoy the piece while it's here yeah i think i think where it goes real sideways is if he has a bad first few races especially Mm -hmm. if max is quick um out of the box and shows the car is quick and then they'll just say well the car is obviously quick because max is quick in it why isn't this guy quick Right. Basically, the media and the team loves to do that. (laughs) So now we're going to talk about your boys. We're going to close it out with Ferrari, the great Ferrari, the grand king of all F1 Ferrari. I don't need this pandering. (laughs) Well, as as I said before on Twitter, it does appear that uh, in order to fix some of the previous speed problems that the Ferrari has had, it looks like they've rubbed some flubber on the back of it to make it oh, go man. faster. I like that green. <laughs> it's like some kind You've of weird... Do- okay, but now wait. Let me explain to the audience. You have now gone a full 180 on the green that they've added. The I know. At first car. I was like... The first time we talked about it, you hated it. I was like, why is there green? And then now I see. I keep seeing the car in pictures. I'm like, I kind of dig that bright color just ran away through. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what is it? Stockholm yeah, syndrome. Yeah, it's Stockholm syndrome. I'm in love with it. I'm in love with my captor. Uh-huh. Uh, I do. Now, what, I, I do. Actually, I do like the fade in the back. That's exactly what I was about to say. I thought bringing in that darker color was pretty rad. The green is the most controversial thing. I think if they had gone with the black or white with the subtle tobacco sponsorship, we wouldn't even have anything to discuss. We'd just say it was a good looking car. Um. <laughs> no, I am concerned. I'm looking at a side view of this car now, and I am concerned that there are still. A few places where you can see the red behind all of the sponsors. Wait, you can the red behind <laughs> this, car, this car is a shitload of sponsors painted oh, yeah. on it. I'd never noticed it that oh, way man. before. Dude, it's, it's like the brand, right? Yeah, that is buck wild. You got UPS, Lenovo. Is Lenovo they, have hoard, they have hoard out this car so much, and I, I respect that. Dude, they print money. Like, I mean, that company absolutely prints money. It's a good thing. God, did They're you see all it. the sponsors along the black stripe at the bottom? Yeah, I can't even read them all. Other big changes for Ferrari. You guys have a new driver. You've got Carlos Sainz, the smooth operator. The smooth operator. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I like Carlos Sainz. I, I thought he was really good last year. I, I really like Carlos. He's really consistent. I think he's... You know, he's the son of a driver. I think he's kind of got a, a bit of a reputation at being good at developing a car, uh, good at feedback. All these guys are good at it, but I think, you know, it's kind of a, a strong suit of his. It was also a strong suit of Vettel's, so that's not good. I'm not going to get too carried away with it. But uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I do remember, I would love, to, I, if I remember in editing, I'm going to go back to the point last season in our podcast where you talked about how Vettel is a good developer of a car. Yeah. And I'm just gonna cut it in right here. <laughs> just be, yeah. So um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. But <laughs> so yeah, signs is good. I think, I think the thing he brings is he's gonna be really consistent. The last couple of years, last few years, Vettel has been kind of anything but consistent. Surprisingly bad sometimes. Uh, signs mm-hmm. should be competitive. I think being at Ferrari is, you know, we talked about the pressure at Red Bull. You know, some of the team atmosphere. I think Ferrari is just the. Italian, you know, the Tifosi, the fan group is 
pretty insane and can be difficult to live with, right? Every single thing they do is filmed and covered and in the media. Um, so being at Ferrari is kind of a new challenge, I think. There'll be a lot of pressure on him to be good. I think the one thing they've got going for him is the team was absolute dog shit last year. It was dog shit. There's no real reason to think they'll be better, um, at least publicly. I think there are some technical reasons to think they should be better than last year. One, just they were so bad last year. He, he'll need to just stay pretty close to Leclerc. He can't have a lot of qualifyings like Vettel had where he was like eight tenths behind Leclerc, even in a crappy car, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Leclerc... Yeah, they should at least be qualifying near each other, right. even if they're both near the back. Right. I mean, Leclerc basically got... <laughs> I just wanted to get you on uh, on our podcast agreeing with that statement. Near the back. <laughs> yeah. I actually... So, I, I, who knows? I'm going to couch this and say that it's probably stupid personal fandom but the car was so crappy last year the car has to be better this year obviously i think because what they did before that is uh cloaked in secrecy uh for anyone that doesn't know they did some kind of cheating and they got their hands slapped and were told to stop doing the thing that they were doing whatever it was and so they immediately became slow (laughs) and they they weren't told no all of the teams were told that you can't do something all the teams were suddenly told specifically not to do one thing and then one car got a whole lot slower the car went from being unpassable even with drs open to being very very slow (laughs) so now they're at least back to having an engine that was not planning on doing whatever that yeah. thing was that they were supposed to, that they weren't There's told not to do anymore. Two parts too. Cause even the chassis last year was designed to have like, a, you know, a military grade rocket in the back and mm-hmm. it was set up, you know, with drag in mind and, and aerodynamics in mind to have basically, you know, that, that nuclear weapon in the back. And then suddenly, you know, when they talked to FIA and, and discussed, um, their misdeeds and then had a quiet secret settlement. They didn't have that and they didn't have time to redesign the car. So you had Mm -hmm. basically a car that was designed to have a fast as hell engine and maybe give up some things like, you know, have a little bit more drag because you're willing to take more downforce. So you're better in the corners because you can get away with it because of engine speed. Well, then they didn't have that anymore. And the car just handled like shit last year. There was a lot of things wrong with that car. Right. So in theory, at least a lot of that has been fixed or mitigated in some sense. It's got to be better than it was last They've year. They've designed the car as a single package, so the engine should be better. They've said the engine's faster. That They're not worried about straight line speed this year. Last year, you can go back and watch the races. That car was slow as shit in the straights. Like, just pitifully slow. So then let me ask the big question. Of the big three, I assume we're both in agreement that Mercedes is still going to win. Mercedes... You know, if you want to get get excited about it, had a horrible preseason testing. The car looks like it's one tricky bitch to drive. But they also have the best driver in the world. Well, they kept spinning, right? He kept spinning. Botas kept spinning. The car would just kind of snap on hot laps. You know, they were when they were doing the qualifying runs, the back end was really difficult for them to keep under control and would snap out. Are you are you hedging, or do you still think they're going to kill it? Oh, I think they're going to murder everyone. I was just kind of okay. playing for fun. No, I think sure. You know, you, you, were, you were playing a little bit of devil's advocate the, or angel's advocate, I suppose. I mean, yeah, um, that's kind of the fun media take is that, ooh, is, are they doomed? But I mean, if you wanted to give me odds on, you know, what would it, what odds would I take for Red Bull to beat them? 
they would have to get pretty long for me to put money down, right? Well, you're getting into the rest of the question, which is Red Bull and Ferrari. Oh, Red Bull. Is it still going to be? No. Okay. No, it's it's one and two. Okay. I think. So you think Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari. Now, do you think Ferrari is going to get third in constructors? I would hope that they could get third. I think if you just looked at resources, um, engineering, talent. One would assume they that they should, would get. You know, again, like it said, they weren't as quick as I kind of hoped they would be in preseason testing. You know, like I said, preseason testing is kind of BS. Like for the last, not last year, but the few years before that, they were the fastest team. Um, and every year everybody's like, oh, is this Ferrari's year? And then they would get their ass mopped by Mercedes. Like Mercedes was sandbagging like, you know, like hell through the preseason testing. Sure. So it doesn't mean a lot. I would kind of wonder if maybe if Ferrari was smart, they would uh, take a lesson there, not have rolled out the best they could do this year in preseason and um, kind of keep those expectations a bit lower after, you know, mm-hmm. the disaster last year was. But I mean, I don't think they're going to surprise and beat Red Bull. So I don't think that's really in discussion here. Those That's one and two. I would like to see Ferrari be a serious contender for three. I'm kind of afraid it might be fourth or fifth. Um, but I, I guess that's an improvement on last year where I think there were seventh in the Constructors Championship. Uh, you know, I it's kind of my dumb fandom thinks I think there would be a third. They might sneak a win somewhere in there, right? You know, Leclerc drives his ass off one weekend and, you know, Hamilton does illegal practice starts or something you know on the back straight uh <laughs> one of those nice things that he does to let somebody yeah, win once a year when he makes an awful mistake and like wrecks but yeah um you, you know that kind of season um a good season for them would be if they get a few wins they kind of keep within touching distance of maybe red bull for a while and, and then still ultimately come in third i don't think there's any case where their upside is higher than third bad would be another seventh you know, kind of expectation would be fourth yes, or fifth. Agreed. Well, there you have it. We're calling it. We're we're calling it here. Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren. Okay, I'll stick with that. You heard it here first. <laughs> you probably didn't hear that here first, but you heard that you heard that here today. Since it doesn't matter, can, should I just say Ferrari World Driver Champion? Um, 2020 is going to win it all this year. And then if it happens, okay, we just remember that at the end of the season, I'm going to snip this back in either <laughs> way. It's getting episode. snipped back in either way. It's getting snipped back in. So how stupid do you want to look or brilliant? <laughs> it's going to be hilarious when, uh, halfway through the season, uh, like alpha Romeo is uncatchable by all the teams. <laughs> Kimi Räikkönen is like 42 out there just like smoking everybody. <laughs> Not caring at all that he's even doing this job Not anymore. giving the slightest of fucks. But, uh, you know, I think from your point of view, th- there is at least some realistic probability that Verstappen is definitely in the conversation for winning it all this year. Don't don't see you're doing that on purpose. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to like put that. No, evil no, the no, world, no, no, no. <laughs> That's some bullshit. I mean, he's. Fucking quick. I will hold out hope for next year when there are new cars because I don't think that that Mercedes is beatable. Yeah. Oh, man. Next year with new regulations and no Hamilton would be just an absolutely fun. It would be bonkers. It would be the Wild West. Preseason would be so fun. All right. So those are all of the teams. My beautiful flubber car. Your beautiful flubber car. The schedule, as we said, much 
much bigger than it was last year. We are bringing back a number of races that didn't happen last year because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be in Canada. We're going to be in Singapore. We're going to be in Japan, Mexico, Brazil. And they're coming here to my hometown. They're going to be in Austin again. USA. USA. And I have been looking at tickets for that thing. And I can't afford to go to that race unless... We our fans want to go fund me to that race with my daughter. I don't think I can go. <laughs> yeah, I, we'll have to see. I think getting closer to race weekend, you can get GA tickets for better. But we'll see. I mean, I, I, there might be a little bit of a pent up demand after last year yeah. when everybody's vaccinated and just wants to go do stuff. So at the very least, I'm going to see if I can get some GA tickets for just like practice yeah. or something, so that we can go out and just see it because yeah. she won't care either way. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about Drive to Survive? I mean, we've touched on it a number of times, but I finally saw it, and it's <laughs> it's funny. Uh, it's it's a funny show. Have you it's gone gen- one? Did you finish the whole thing? I finished every episode of that thing, man. Man, I'm on like six, I think, for the most recent season. I watched all three seasons in about two weeks. Cool. It's commitment. Not even that. I watched all three seasons in about a week. I think you started last week. Yeah, I think so. You basically binge watched season <laughs> one overnight. Like I did. Uh, it's a fun show because it is clear that some of the team principals have decided that uh, that show should be about them. Like they've, there are the team principals that have clearly embraced it, and the ones that haven't. Oh, some of them love that shit, and some of them are hamming it up in the best way. Like Gunther. The principal for Haas. I mean, that dude's great. He's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like, he's so much fun. I hope that if he, if things don't work out with Haas, I hope that he is like a commentator for F1 because he's great and funny. <laughs> the live feed would just be like, beep, beep. I know. Yeah, he does cuss a lot. Look at that beep guy. I find amusing. Oh, these fucking guys. I'm working on this my good impression. That was pretty good. Yes, we this is like shit. He's racing. I can't deal with these two fucking guys. Uh, what was Kevin Magnuson and Pierre? <laughs> or some <laughs> Romain Grosjean. And then Christian Horner. Christian Horner like, was born. Ooh, from- I could be like the villain <laughs> of this show. Christian Horner <laughs> loves talking shit and just being and like. And he loves being like super like dramatic. And making everything seem like the biggest fucking deal. <laughs> yeah. And Will Buxton, I think you've probably seen it at this point, but the, the commentator has said, mm-hmm. this is the, what's the direct quote? Like, the stakes have never been higher. He said that every season. Like, yeah, oh, the stakes are about the same, man. Like, <laughs> the, the stakes are always the same in, in a sense. Really. Yes, it's always <laughs> like high. And all those interviews he was having with Renault's team principal, whose name is escaping Cyril, right now. Cyril Abutable. Cyril. Yeah. Those conversations were so fucking funny. I was like, you guys are being ridiculous in the best way. Yeah. Yeah. And Cyril is way uh, kind of serious and a little emotional. Maria Benotto um, is a very good technical leader and doesn't uh-huh. seem to like he wants to be on camera at all. <laughs> Correct. Correct. He clearly hates every moment of being on Netflix. Did you see when they were like, do you have Netflix? And he looked at him like, no, of course not. He's like, just go let me design my car, please. <laughs> my car, she's beautiful. The electronics don't work. The whole thing is very hammed up and very, I guess everybody's complaining that everything is cut 
around in in different orders to make things that were out of context seem like fights and stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, and I'm sure that is all true, but also, fucking, who cares? So <laughs> there's ways to look at it. Right? Yeah, it's not about actual f1 fans no i think for f1 fans i think at least so far it's giving you at least a little bit more of their personality i think that and then the driver they've really loosened up on the drivers using like social media the last two years so we've gotten to see a lot more of who these folks are and see the inside but um yeah it's really for casual viewers it you know i have plenty of friends who either didn't watch f1 or their spouse didn't watch f1 who got super into it because it's got drama and cattiness and you know pressure and characters it's a good show and and they do a good job of like you know when you watch an f1 race with none of that context which is what i did last season you know you see okay hamilton won and oh this time verstappen you know got second because bottas had a bad pit Mm -hmm. so he got third and then these guys and then whatever and they do a good job of like taking a single race and giving you the backstory about two, you know, backmarking drivers that you don't know anything about, but there was a whole story behind their little battle in that race that you were barely aware of. Right. That they put into context and then show you why that race was interesting from their perspective, even though they finished, you know, ninth and 12th yeah i think but it was high drama for them and for anybody that knew that story but you didn't know it necessarily well like i mean go to the the racing point renault storyline from this year mm-hmm. just how mm-hmm. pissed renault was about it it's like you came like fifth and sixth like we barely paid attention right <laughs> but how pissed yeah. they all were about that situation i think the other part that i enjoy about it is when they do take the time to kind of personalize some of the drivers you know and you kind of get to see it's hard when you're watching the sport and and maybe i'll botch how i want to present this but when you're watching it you see a guy he's not quick he's not good enough he needs to be out of the seat you know it's easy to do those things and then like you get this look like this dude has literally put his entire life since he was like five to doing this right his entire life and dreams and world is built up around this and you you get some of the more you know, just intimate or close stories on him. I think, you know, there was a deep dive on Charles first season. Um, you've got the Pierre Gasly one here, Botas, and you've kind of just gone through several Romain. I think they did a kind of on Romain and just the psychological stuff that he's gone through. And you know what the thing is at the end of it? I'm still going to say, ah, they need to get rid of. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're still going to do that, but at least you have context for it. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I'm still waiting for a, purely max heavy episode which has not happened yet i wonder if that's max in, in three seasons and it may be that max is like i'm not fucking talking to these guys <laughs> Matt, Matt, yeah max in general you know all of his social media content and stuff is very um it's hats it's yeah and it's very kept to max you know last it's, year and it's just hats he's just all about flat brim hats yeah like he was doing he does the sim racing and all that stuff you know that a lot of these guys do so like you know you can be on he's on like r factor and i racing and stuff and, you know, normal people are racing as Max Verstappen. He's not engaging as much. You know, like, if I go through it, it's like Russell, Albon, Leclerc, uh, Gasly, Lando, certainly. All those guys were getting together last year and, like, doing Twitch streams and talking to fans and racing. And, like, they were getting on, like, truck simulators and racing each other across Europe. Like, just stupid, normal crap that people do when they're 21, right? Mm-hmm. And they were all being very 
open and intimate. And and I've thought Max was kind of friends with those guys in the sim thing, at least Lando at least, but like never saw that interaction last year. And so I kind of just think Max stays really focused on what he's doing. And so he may just not want to open up to the show. Speaking of which, you and I should play Truck Simulator. That sounds like... how. How to, yeah, I don't even know how to play Trick Simulator. It sounds pretty cool. Though. No, no one knows how to play that game. I've never played it before, but it looks hilarious. Oh yeah, they flip trucks. Yeah, they're having a good time. Um, but yeah, I think no. I, I've watched some other people play it and who had no idea anything about trucks, and it's just hilarious to watch them just trying to do the most basic of tasks like park it, <laughs> <laughs> just hitting things, uh-huh. back it till you feel bump, <laughs> pull forward a little bit. Right. Well, I think we'll pitch it. If you haven't seen Drive to Survive and you're listening to our show because you follow us on Twitter, uh, A, keep listening to our show and go watch Drive to Survive. You'll learn some stuff about drivers and then you can pick pick teams that way. Yeah. So I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Follow us on Twitter at FNG1Pod. And I am at DefNotChuck. And Sean is... At Sean underscore leg with two G's. Yep. Also follow at Artificial Chris. That's Chris King who supplied our new theme song. And we really appreciate that. Uh, like we said, we will be put trying to put these episodes out a little more regularly this year and hit every single race. So uh, follow us on social media to see those things drop. Subscribe on iTunes, which I'm assuming Sean will set up. Because he said he would. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we will see you guys after the first race, which is Bahrain. Bahrain. Uh, so look for episode one. This is episode zero. So look for episode one of season two after Bahrain. And we will talk to you then. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks, y'all.